Reparations, a historical cure or modern day curse. When a historical harm as ugly as slavery creates a societal wound, would any amount of money repair it? And if so, by whom and to whom should it be paid? Can the exchange of dollars ever serve as a cure or does the cure occur throughout the evolution and advancement of equality alone? There is little question that at its inception, certain individuals in America owned slaves. Likewise, certain individuals of all ethnicities in America abhorred it. Slavery in its time was as controversial as reparations are today. While one can appreciate the desire to wipe clean America's slate on the issue of slavery, one should also carefully view the pros and cons of attempting to do so by use of economic reparations. As an American who fundamentally embraces the concepts of compassion and equality, and because of my individual family history, which is comprised of a line of both abolitionists and more recent immigrants, none of whom owned slaves, I am frustrated by the idea that anyone who did not commit a wrong should be demeaned, sanctioned, or penalized for it, especially decades or centuries later. The primary proposition advanced by supporters of reparations is that Black lives today still suffer the consequences of a past society in which Black people have no social, economic, educational, or legal equality. Certainly, this argument is persuasive in that there is no dispute that historically, and even up through portions of the 20th century, Black Americans were subjected to slavery, indentured servitude, and Jim Crow legislation. Erica Alexander on her podcast said that America's economic success was built upon the foundation of slavery and the slaves never reaped any of the financial benefits they created, so descendants of slaves should receive reparations. The extension of that argument leads to the position that reparations are necessary and fair because there is a modern wealth disparity seen in black communities, which they argue is the result of the institution of slavery. They also argue that white people continue to enjoy social and economic benefits as a result of past slavery. A precise manner in which reparations would be calculated and financed remains muddy, but Brianna Hare and Doug Chris from CNN suggest the following groups should be responsible for paying reparations. Quote, federal and state governments, which enshrined, supported, and protected the institution of slavery, private businesses that financially benefited from it, and rich families that owe a good portion of their wealth to slavery, end quote. If the goal is to cure the ugly lines that sometimes exist between racial groups, then drawing attention to those lines and creating resentment or favorable economic treatment based on race will do nothing to help erase those lines, disparities, and tensions. Using CNN's proposed solution, we have more questions than we do answers. Not all states existed during the time at which slavery existed in this country, so are all states that did not exist during the institution of slavery automatically deemed free and clear of any obligations to pay towards reparations? Other states, particularly in the North, during the time of slavery fought against it and provided sanctuary to runaway slaves. Should they be exempt from reparation payments as well? Another near impossible factor is figuring out how much is owed. Trying to put a price on the total package seems to be hard to nail down, with some commentators estimating around $2 trillion and others estimating up to $19 trillion for reparation payments. Finally, to the extent that the solution calls for payment from, quote, rich families who owe a good portion of their wealth to slavery, end quote, that proposal is again as clear as mud. What is the definition of rich in, the, in that determination? What proportion of wealth must be tied to slavery? How direct must that tie be? And what if a slave-owning family has lost all of its wealth but committed the wrong, historically speaking, but another family who has indirect ties to slavery possesses substantial wealth, which could be used to pay reparations? 
but whose funds have little or nothing to do with its indirect historical ties to slavery. If we are correcting a wrong, why does wealth matter? Shouldn't you be just as ready to take a portion of a poor slave owner's descendant's money just as much as a rich one if they both committed wrong? You can't pick and choose if, in fact, you're looking to cure the wrong. To suggest that every black person in America is a descendant of slavery is on its face wrong, and there are no living individuals within the United States who are subjected to slavery, which means that those who actually suffered cannot be repaid in the present day. The abolishment of slavery is simply too remote in time. Suggesting that modern-day black Americans who have never suffered the bonds of slavery, indentured servitude, or Jim Crow, but who should be paid for such transgressions or evils, is as illogical as it is unfair. If you have never suffered the wound, why should you be paid for it? To the extent that the argument is that they suffer the consequences of historical slavery, we completely abandon the truth that every individual is presented with a series of choices and opportunities. And no matter what color you are, your choices and opportunities contribute more to who you become than do the circumstances of your ancestors. There are many successful black Americans that have done an extraordinary job in all kinds of fields without regard to their historic roots. When the United States Supreme Court overturned segregation, the main reason that was done was to avoid the badge of inferiority, meaning that because blacks and whites were separated, black facilities were necessarily treated as second class. The same thing would happen with reparations. Paying someone because of the color of their skin is another badge of inferiority, even if it comes with a paycheck. Government action in which the government, by way of reparation payments, treats racial groups differently, labeling one underdeveloped on the whole, suggests that they remain a lesser or second-class group in our society, instead of celebrating all of the achievements and advancements that many of those individuals have accomplished. Is it really productive or logical, for example, to suggest that Oprah Winfrey is in need of reparation payments as a black woman in America when she is one of the richest women in the world? Shouldn't we applaud her for her hard work and talent instead of suggesting that her skin color and her historical roots made her less capable of such success? Alternatively, even if it doesn't hurt Black Americans to receive reparations and the implicit suggestion that they are globally less successful, the inequity of treating people differently because of their skin color is damaging to society overall and creates unnecessary racial and social tensions between modern-day Americans. Reparations won't fix a racially divided country, but rather create more tension in society. Black Americans receiving reparations suggests that they are overall less successful as a whole in our society and reinforces the belief in white supremacy. Some might argue that because black Americans should receive reparations, they are dependent on white Americans. This way of thinking only keeps racism going. It implies black people are universally impoverished and incapable of climbing out of poverty on their own two feet, neither of which is true. It would be difficult to pinpoint those who would be held responsible for paying said reparations, especially considering the number of immigrants that have moved to this country since and that have also experienced extreme discrimination based on their ethnicities and backgrounds. Which naturally begs the question, where do we draw the line? Is, it an, is an Irishman who has been historically degraded and subjected to indentured servitude worth more or less than a slave? And by, mu by how much in either direction? How about women? They obtained the right to vote decades after black men and were subjected to what could be called gender-based Jim Crow laws far longer than black males. Should all women be entitled to reparations? And how much if their degradation lasted much longer? Should all men of all colors pay? And since all men are the children of women, as descendants of an oppressed group, do they get reparations too? Doesn't that sound silly?
Everyone can agree that slavery was an ugly and inexcusable part of America's past, and our country as a whole is trying to right this wrong. But reparations in the form of payment to the black community are unlikely to provide a lasting result, and more likely to inflame race relations rather than repair the whole fabric, economic and otherwise, of America.